Hello and welcome. My name is Tecla Francesco, and I'm trying to spread the word about how practicing the law of attraction can significantly improve your physical and mental health. Join me and like-minded friends to learn more about gratitude and how to manifest health and wellness beyond your wildest dreams. I've been practicing these principles for years with incredible results from resolving chronic pain to dissipating daily anxiety and reversing a digestive diagnosis. My goal is for you to leave our weekly episodes with easy and actionable steps to implement effortlessly into your day-to-day life so you can reach your own personal health and wellness goals. Hello and welcome to episode two of Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. Last week, we really focused on the energy of our emotions. We talked about which emotions have a positive impact on us and our life, like joy and happiness. We also talked about those less favorable emotions like fear, anger, and hatred that are negatively impacting us and are especially harmful to our health and wellness if we stay in that vibrational state for extended periods of time. This week, I really want to focus more on the why. Specifically, why is it important to work on improving our vibrational state and move up that scale? Today, we're diving right in and we're going to talk more about the four most damaging emotions and their impact on our health and wellness over time. To set some context, a lot of what I've learned about this topic comes from reading books by Louise Hay. Not only is she an incredible, inspirational woman, she's also considered one of the original founders of the self-help movement. She first published her book in 1976, you know, really before people are even talking about the mind-body connection. And today, we're going to talk about her book, You Can Heal Your Life. Louise wrote that book after curing herself of cervical cancer with an intensive program of affirmations, visualization, nutritional cleansing, and psychotherapy in just six months. You Can Heal Your Life was ranked number one on the New York Times bestseller list for 13 consecutive weeks when it was first published, and then it reached the top of the charts again after a resurgence in popularity in 1988. Louise not only cured herself, she's gone on to dramatically improve the lives of so many others who were diagnosed with various illnesses in one-on-one coaching with these techniques. According to Louise, resentment Criticism, guilt, and fear are the four most damaging emotions and can cause major problems in our bodies and our lives. This is consistent, you know, with what we heard last week about the Abraham Hicks Emotional Guidance Scale. Those four emotions are correlated with similar emotions on the very bottom of that scale. So think back to emotions number 19 through 21. We had fear and depression, guilt and insecurity and jealousy, which is really where resentment stems from. In her book, she explains that guilt creates pain, fear creates tension that can produce baldness, ulcers, and sore feet, extended periods of criticism can lead to arthritis in the body, and long-held resentment can eat away at our body and cause the disease we know as cancer. This is just wild to me, and I was a little resistant to this concept when I read her book the first time. However, I found out that this is actually backed by science. There are a few research studies and published, peer-reviewed papers that discuss the connection between 
cancer and repressed emotion. I'm going to talk about, you know, one that I found particularly helpful called anger and cancer an analysis of the linkages. And that paper states that there is evidence to show that suppressed anger can be a precursor to the development of cancer and also a factor in its progression after diagnosis. Some studies indicate that it may be beneficial for patients to mobilize anger to battle their cancer. This is just amazing and also terrifying. And I'm going to jump back to Louise's teachings, but wanted to show you that this connection between emotion and disease is also being explored in the scientific community. So Louise goes on in her book to talk about how disease can be healed by releasing the past and practicing forgiveness. There are a couple of things, you know, that resonated with me about Louise's teachings. Firstly, this overarching concept of forgiveness. We know and we've already learned that we don't want to be holding on to these negative emotions. We don't want fear, guilt, insecurity, anger, or hatred to become our overarching state of being. And now we are clearly seeing why. We don't want to manifest any state of disease in our mind or our body. If we're in that state of turmoil over something or someone, that turmoil is going to live inside of us and grow. And yes, you might start to pile shit on top of it and forget about it, but it is still there in our subconscious and we will get triggered by that again at some point in the future. If we don't practice forgiveness, we're still holding on to that trauma. Secondly, Louise is really very clear about what she considers forgiveness. And this is a part of her book I actually really liked and resonated with. She clearly explains that letting go has absolutely nothing to do with condoning behavior or events of the past. The first step is really just being open to forgiveness. This was quite honestly, you know, earth shattering to me when I first read her book. At that time in my life, I had been holding on to some shit from the past for a really, really long time. I felt I could never let go because I could never get to a place where I even wanted to think about forgiving that specific person for what happened. I didn't even want to, you know, entertain that thought. And a huge barrier for me was this idea I would be accepting the things that happened if I moved on. I had this, you know, notion that the message I would be sending is that everything I experienced was okay. And as you're listening to me, I'm sure you can tell that I still get a little heated when I talk about this person and my past. And I think the most important thing is that I really only get heated when I revisit those events specifically. And I've done a shit ton of work to free myself emotionally. And I'm not done yet. Look, I went from talking to this person daily to cutting them totally out of my life for almost six months. And it is no coincidence that during that exact six-month period, I got very sick, physically and mentally. I'm going to talk more about that in future episodes, but the point here is that it's not about being okay with the events of the past. It is about letting it go, allowing myself to acknowledge what's happened, acknowledge that it hurt me deeply, and then making a conscious decision to move on. Just because I'm letting go and freeing myself from that hurt doesn't mean what happened will ever be okay. It just means I personally am not carrying around that burden anymore. 
And I can bet every single person listening to this is holding out on forgiving someone or something that happened in the past. I know there's at least one situation or event that comes to mind when I say that. And you know what? Holding on to that is normal. We're human. Allow yourself some grace. When we feel wronged and can't seem to justify the way we've been treated or the things we've experienced, you hold on to that memory and that hurt and that pain. It is just one of the ways our mind tries to protect us from experiencing the same kind of hurt or trauma again. But we've got to dig deep. What happened to us in the past, it isn't serving us anymore. It's not allowing us to grow. Okay, I want to do a little visualization exercise here, so bear with me. I want you to picture yourself walking down the street. You have your favorite outfit on and you're feeling really, really good. You're walking to the grocery store. You come out of the grocery store with six shopping bags, three on each arm. It's warm out. You're walking past the houses in your neighborhood and you're just trying to get home. As you're walking, the bags start to get heavy. Your arms start to get tired. The bags are digging into your wrists and things are getting difficult for you. You start to get uncomfortable. That image is representative of us going about our day carrying around our emotional baggage. If we never let anything go, we're adding so many shopping bags to our arm that eventually we can't walk. If we can't walk, we're stagnant. We aren't moving anywhere. We can't get home. That baggage has weighed us down so much that now we can't even go about our day without something holding us back, without something blocking us. We can't keep picking these things up and we can't keep carrying around everything we are in this moment. Don't you want to put some of that heaviness down? I sure as fuck do. When I started to practice forgiveness in this sense, three things happened to me. The first is I moved past this deep sadness and anger with some of those people that hurt me in the past and actually now enjoy my time with them. Remember that person I cut out of my life? I'm now able to be around that person frequently. And, you know, not really only around. I actually enjoy that person's company and relax and laugh because I'm not holding on to this anger and hatred and blame anymore. I also started to actually enjoy time alone with myself. And that was big for me. I was suddenly free of all of those intrusive thoughts that were built upon this hatred and rage. And my mind was just so much clearer. I wasn't so focused on distracting myself constantly in an attempt to hide from that trauma. The third thing that happened to me was I was able to rebuild friendships with people I'd pushed away. That is a big one. At that time, I had isolated myself and distanced myself from friends, family, and those that were close to me. And I think, you know, the phrase hurt people hurt people is really true. I don't think you have to be outrightly rude or horrible to someone to hurt them. Making them feel unimportant and like you don't have the time of day to meaningfully connect with them is hurtful. Having a more emotionally free mind and more space to think allowed me to reestablish and reform these meaningful connections with the people that were actually important to me. Relationships, you know, of any form, I really believe are give and take. And there's this natural ebb and flow. 
You need to have the capacity and bandwidth for yourself before you can invest in others. And now I just want to shift gears a little bit and double down on the impact of fear. And I want to do that because I believe it has less to do with forgiveness and more to do with gratitude. So if we remember, fear is on the very, very bottom of that Abraham Hicks scale, meaning it has the most negative impact on us. Think about what happens when you actually experience fear. Physically, your heart rate increases, your blood pressure increases, your breathing accelerates, your pupils dilate, and your digestive system slows down. This reaction is referred to, you know, as the fight or flight response, and I'm sure we've all heard of that. This is just an instinctual response because our body is preparing to literally keep us alive. We're in survival mode. If we're living our life in survival mode, in this, you know, fearful state of being, it is absolutely debilitating. How can you possibly focus on anything else except just getting through life minute by minute? And I think sometimes when we hear and, you know, we think about fear, we think of these edge case scenarios like maybe experiencing a major car crash or trying to escape a dangerous situation, for example. But the fear I am talking about is the most common of all fears that we all likely experience. So that could be the fear of being late, the fear of losing your job, the fear of not having enough money to pay bills the fear of getting sick, the fear of not having food to feed your family, the fear that you're running out of time or making the wrong decisions with your life. And you know, the list goes on. I could name a million more fears. And those day-to-day situations are scary. They're terrifying, honestly, to think about those possibilities. And they could happen to any of us. That's right. They could happen to any of us. It's not a done deal. We don't know what the future brings. What I want to try and convey is that letting go of this fear gives us the freedom to find joy in our lives. And we shouldn't be sidelining ourselves in our own lives because we have an overwhelming fear that something less favorable might happen. What are you waiting for? Because, you know, I assure you, the minute you wait for something bad to happen, it will happen. Constantly living in a state of fear will inevitably attract these fearful scenarios to you. And now I want to, you know, share something from Rhonda Byrne. She says in The Secret, the law of attraction is impersonal. Whatever we focus on with feeling is bringing it to us. And I myself had a lot of anxiety and fear recently around my health. And that was partly due to the fact I've been working on, you know, healing various health-related illnesses for the last few years. And so my health has just been under a spotlight, right? Naturally, when you're talking more about your health with doctors and consultants and getting testing done, you're going to be thinking more about your health in general. And I can tell you, honestly, it hasn't always been positive thinking for me. I was actually having these fear-based responses and reactions to health information. And there was a time where I really was thinking, what else are we going to uncover here? What now? I was so over it. I was focusing on gratitude and positivity in so many other areas of my life, and I was kind of playing the victim in the health department. 
honesty check. I got to a point where I realized I wasn't practicing gratitude at all for all of these systems and organs that were actually working perfectly to support my health and my physical being. And I think that was really the start of growth for me in this area. And since then, I've had to shift my mindset dramatically to focus on the many, many things my body is actually doing to support my health and all the things it is actually doing perfectly to keep me alive. Now, you know, I start almost every day with one small token of gratitude for my health. And that is, you know, I sit there in bed and I say to myself before I even, you know, pull the sheets off me, thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of health. It is keeping me alive. Now, this is something that I picked up from doing a 28-day gratitude practice. And I do that twice a year now. It's called The Magic. And I'll link it below if you're interested. We're going to talk more about it soon. But since practicing gratitude for my health, I've just noticed such a big change in the acceleration of my healing. I'm overall less stressed and fearful of health information. And I just, you know, try to treat it more like data at this point. And when we let go of these fear-based scenarios, actually you're giving your body time to heal. Remember what happens, you know, when we experience fear, your body is in survival mode. Various systems are put on halt and our nervous system is on high alert. And that is just unsustainable for us long-term and is certainly not a state that is conducive to healing or growing mentally or physically. Look, you know, this is the part of the episode where I acknowledge that some of what we talked about today is going to be a stretch for you. Some of you might be thinking, I really cannot get behind the idea that resentment is a cause for cancer. And to that, I would say, you know, you don't have to buy into these concepts right away. I think the most important part of all of this is to just be open to a different way of thinking. And my goal isn't to force you to believe this. My goal is to educate you on what's resonated with me and to describe how this way of thinking has changed my entire perspective on health. I'm also able to explain how my health has improved since understanding and adopting some of these principles. That's right. I said some of these principles. I don't want to, I don't adopt all of them and I don't want to. And something that resonates with me won't resonate with you. And that's okay. If there is at least, you know, one thing you can take away from each episode that aligns with you and your values, that is a win for me. All right, so what are we working on this week? I want you to spend some intentional time thinking about forgiveness. This is a tough one, some tough homework for you. Can you sit down and think about one past event that impacted you in a big way and might bring up feelings of sadness, anger, or blame? Chances are, if you're still feeling those emotions deeply, you likely have some forgiving to do. I would ask yourself some foundational questions first. What emotions do you feel when you think about that situation? Are you even open to forgiveness? And what steps are you comfortable with that might help you let it go? So I didn't want to leave you hanging here on the steps. Um, Some of them might involve allowing yourself to process that situation more. 
it is possible that you never fully process what happened. And if you're still experiencing anger, maybe sit down and write a letter to that person where you just rage about all the things that happened and how it made you feel. I wouldn't send this, but you know, you could think about burning it in the sink like we talked about last week. And if that's not your vibe, maybe you just need to go break some shit. Look, I wouldn't just walk around the house with a baseball bat taking out your grandma's china, but maybe you could go to a smash room where you're destroying things in a little safer environment. You could also spend 10 minutes just yelling and screaming and punching your pillow until you get it all out. Look, Revisiting emotional traumatic events can be really overwhelming, so do what's right for you and be safe about it. That could also mean you wait to discuss it with a licensed therapist, and that's a great step too. Another step you might think about is acknowledging to yourself that blame doesn't help you heal. Sure, you know, blame might have been a way to cope with this for a long time, but if you're still blaming someone else, you aren't letting go. There are some people who are just going to be in your life and you can't just drop them, you know, as much as you might want to at times. So you just have to find a way to move forward. The reality is that we're all human. People make mistakes. People also make the same mistakes more than once. And it is likely that the people involved were just doing the best they could at the time. I think that is really important. So I'm going to say it again. The people involved were likely doing the best they could at the time. For the most part, people aren't monsters, and I think empathy is a really helpful approach here. Maybe start to think to yourself, what might have been going on in the lives of those people when they hurt you? And that's, you know, fucking tough. I get it. You can also start to think about what might they have experienced in their past that made them act in this way. And guys, this is a really, really hard step, but it's also so critical in letting go of the blame. Remember, we don't need to go from zero to 100 here. We're just looking for progress, not perfection. And if you're open to start to think about these people in a different way, it can really help to move past this blame stage. Okay, the last step I'm going to leave you with today is to try and have some grace for yourself. I'm sure some of you are thinking about those past events already and you're going through those situations and you're thinking and wishing that maybe you handled it differently or you did something that might have changed the outcome. I might not know you personally, but I do know that you were also doing the best you could at that time to handle the situation and cope. Do not go beating yourself up. We don't want that. We don't need that. And it's absolutely not going to serve you moving forward. Beating yourself up is also not going to help you let go. Be kind to yourself. You're human too. And doing this work is fucking hard. And even just being open to it is a huge step. So congratulations to you on that. Okay, that's all we've got time for today. Next week, we're going to be talking about the importance of self-gratitude in manifesting good health and wellness. And I've got some really exciting results from research studies that I am pumped to share with you and talk about soon. So thank you for listening. I'll see you here next week to continue your healing journey with the law of attraction. I know this is your first step toward good health and wellness. That's all for today. Peace, love, and mung beans.
Bye.